Hi, this is Jeff Cobert, and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. Well, one of the truly wonderful experiences Disney parks and attractions offer are uniquely themed dining experiences. Some of the most memorable are those that bring you to a nighttime setting where you dine among the stars all the while being outdoors. We look at all of them represented in nearly every Disney resort from Shanghai to Disneyland, from Walt Disney World to Disneyland Paris. From the original legendary Blue Bayou restaurant to the more recent Barbosa's Bounty, from elegant table service to drive-in dining, we'll explore these highly themed venues and compare them all. I'll share my favorites. Join us as we go outside in with Disney Dining. And be sure to check out DisneyAtPlay.com. We're going to have a big outline of everything we're going to talk about here, plus some images, videos, and so forth, uh, links. So make sure you check out DisneyAtPlay.com. That's a good time and place to make sure you subscribe so that you can be notified of upcoming podcasts as they come out. All right, what we have here is really... Um, six different restaurant concepts that are applied over seven different um, locations. And we're going to actually begin with, um, and I've kind of put them in my order of favorites. So this is mine. Your your order might differ. Um, some of these you've probably tried. Some of these maybe you've never been to. You're curious about them. We're going to start with actually the newest of all of these, and that is Barbosa's Bounty, which is in Treasure Cove in Shanghai Disneyland. Now, what one of the great things about Shanghai Disney is it has not just an attraction, but an entire land that evolves around pirates, pirate lore, and especially, of course, pirates of the Caribbean. And all of this has a number of attractions and experiences that are truly memorable and unique. They really make that Magic Kingdom style uh, park stand out because of its unique offerings. In the center of this is a counter service restaurant, not a full service dining. In fact, it's the only counter service restaurant that we're actually going to be listing on all this. And the menu items features ribs, chicken, and even octopus done Asian style on beds of rice or vegetable. It's very approachable. It's very easy to get into. It's honestly not as grand as the examples that follow. That's probably why we're putting it as our first example here and kind of working our way up. But the restaurant joins the storyline of the attraction as it extends the experience of being in a village that is filled with pirates. Um, when you enter this this um it's kind of a tavern with many rooms or and and actually there are many dining spaces this is different than the other restaurants we're going to name which are which the dining sits in one large space this is all broken up into different spaces and it's only one portion of the restaurant i want to say there are four or five dining rooms all together and one of those dining spaces is a patio porch, which faces out onto Pirates of the Caribbean, Battle for the Sunken Treasure. 
It's similar if you've seen Blue Bayou, which we'll talk about later. It's similar in that concept. The boats are much bigger. And uh, frankly, you have to kind of look over the rail down into, into, the, uh, into the river. It is not as... Um, it is much more of a contained space, but it is intended to be an outdoor space. And it... Uh, and of course, all of this is celebrating Captain Barbosa. It's why the restaurant is named Barbosa's uh, Bounty. You see, um, you see images and references and props hearkening back to Captain Barbosa and uh, and to details from the Pirates of the film uh, Pirates of the Caribbean film series. It's uh, it's not my favorite dining choices. It's not my favorite, but it is unique and it does allow the tavern to connect with the attraction and it extends the entire thematic experience. One of the things I love about the attraction itself is that it has a wonderful queue that just weaves in and out of so many different scenes and is both exterior and interior in and of itself. And it, it extends the storyline of that. Um, of that land. So it's um, it's a great place. Check it out next time. If nothing else, just grab a drink or a snack and check out Barbosa's County if you're in Shanghai Disneyland. Our next comes from Epcot, Germany in particular. Perhaps you've been to the Beer Garden restaurant. This is, this is really a buffet. It's the only buffet we list. It has traditional German favorites like bratwurst, schnitzel, sauerkraut, apple strudel, and cheese. You know these other things, chicken uh, strips, and things like that for people who who really aren't that adventurous in their taste. But uh, honestly, the food is not the. I mean, it's actually one of the priciest things to do because it is a buffet. It even outprices the Blue Bayou, which. Again, we'll talk about later. So it's a pretty expensive experience, especially when you're looking to go there for dinner. It's a lot more affordable lunchtime if you want to check it out during that period. Um, but the thing people go to, the thing that they have no idea exists if they haven't been to the restaurant, is that you walk into this large three-story Bavarian courtyard in a stylized, um, well, modify or you know reminiscent of 16th century Rothenburg. Rothenburg is known for its Oktoberfest and and it and here we are offer Oktoberfest 365 days a year as well at Epcot. And um, if you enjoy a good beer and you enjoy that kind of German food, you have found the most amazing place on earth. Dining also includes a polka band, which um, can be seen via a, a three-level tiered seating that gathers around the main stage. What I really particularly love are, are little details, like the setting sets perennial, perennially in autumn moonlight. So you see this um, full moon beaming in the distance and add to it a full-size water wheel that uh, that moves and turns you really are just nestled in this little bavarian village and it's very quaint and like i said the other day when i spoke about uh, my review of via napoli 
when you're in dining experiences like this, I always found Italy and Germany to be disappointing because they didn't have attractions. But here, the attraction is the dining. And, and if you have a chance to enjoy that, then you extend your Epcot experience to a whole new level because it really is a very unique um, uh, setting and experience in and of itself. So Beer Garden Restaurant in Germany at Epcot. That is my next favorite. And the favorite that comes even better than that is, for me, Sci-Fi Dine-In at on Commissary Lane at Disney's Hollywood Studios. This is adjacent to the ABC Commissary. And let me just give you a hint before I go any further. If you haven't ever seen this, go to ABC Commissary. There's a set of restrooms. Go around the corner and you can take a peek inside this restaurant to check it out. Even if you don't dine there, you should check out how amazing this setup is. You know, I don't know that uh, up-and-coming generations, Gen Z and so forth, really even know what drive-ins are. They are a dying breed out there. I think there are less than, than I think I heard 60 or 80 um, drive-ins out there in America these days. And, um, and it is such a unique experience to go to a drive-in. This one celebrates the drive-in culture and celebrates that 50s kind of experience. In fact, it's really car service dining. You're going to be dining inside a car to... Um, two rows of vehicles. They are um, they are uh, convertibles, and they're all facing an outdoor. Well, seemingly outdoor. You're indoors, but it's facing an outdoor mo- drive-in movie screen. And there, you are treated with things like burgers, fries, uh, even fried dill pickles, shakes. It's very '50s style. Um, but what I love about this is surrounding you are the hills of California and you just feel like you are in uh, this magical place watching this drive-in movie. And the drive-in movie itself is such a crazy uh, collection of vignettes showing upcoming science fiction films that ran throughout largely the 50s, 1950s. Um, Some of the film snips are actually from Disney films themselves and even include Walt Disney himself. Um, interesting, introducing a robot. So check that out. It, the film loop runs about the length of your time in the restaurant. So you really have a chance to pretty well see almost all the, that is on the, uh, on the screen. There used to be a tradition in the past of having some of the car hops move around in roller skates. I can't say that I've seen that recently. Seems like uh, Disney attorneys would have brought that down some time ago, but notwithstanding whether there's skates or not, you're out there, you're in the drive-in, you're in the drive, you're behind the driver's seat, you are enjoying a very unique experience. Food is pretty, well, it's, you know, it's, it's salads and burgers, but still it's, um, the whole setting is what you're really paying for. And while this may be one of your more expensive hamburgers that you ever paid for, it's still a great, setting to be in when you're there. Okay, we've covered Barbosa's County, Beer Garden Restaurant, Sci-Fi Drive-In. I now go back to Epcot. And I want to celebrate something that I recently dined in myself. It is um, it is uh, San Angel Inn, which features south of the border Mexican specialties. Now, 
San Angel Inn is inside the pyramid. Most of the whole pavilion is inside the um, inside the pyramid as you pass by. It's actually this restaurant is named after the original San Angel Inn that was founded in 1692. Yeah, way back in the 17th century. And it's as a hacienda, it sits right at the base of a Mayan pyramid. A distant volcano is spewing smoke in the background and the jungles of Mexico beckon passengers on a boat as they pass by a large stone Olmec head and follow the three caballeros on a grand fiesta tour. Let me tell you, this is this is a remarkable uh, dining experience. And while people have rated the food at San Angel as being um, marginal, maybe is the best way I might put it. I found, we found our dining experience when my wife and I went there to be really enjoyable. Yeah, you're going to pay more than you're going to normally pay at a Tex-Mex um, style dining experience. But at the same time, you are going to really be treated to a unique theme experience that is just really quite unlike any others. And uh, and so it's why I recommend to everyone to, if you haven't had a chance, check out this restaurant and experience it for yourself. Um, the, it is, now I also did a review recently of the Hacienda restaurant that does sit outside the pyramid. And I have to say that that restaurant um, is probably better in um, uh, in um, in the kind of Mexican specialties that you would want to experience um, when you are there. Um, we went ahead and did dinner when we were at the San Angel Inn. And there you have, you have some ba some familiar things like um, queso fundido or guacamole and chips, but um, but you also and and some tostados. And there they serve enchiladas, they serve tacos, uh, they serve um, carne asada, which is basically their version of steaks. I had the baja tacos, the pescado, which was basically um, a beer battered fried cod. Um, with shredded cabbage, um, chipotle lime, aioli, and a pineapple relish. It was filling, surprisingly filling, and quite enjoyable. I believe my wife took on the enchiladas and absolutely enjoyed them. I took a bite of them as well. I wish I had taken the time to do um, the dessert, the chocolate fiesta pyramid, which I believe is also served in the hacienda. Um uh, but I could have also been interested in the sweet corn ice cream. I thought that was a really unique um, taste. So you're going to see familiar things, but you're going to see them at pretty heady pricings. You're going to be in the 30s for the main entrees. For most of the main entrees, you're going to be in the 30s. And so uh, it's, a, it's a more expensive Mexican food restaurant, and a lot of people go... For Mexican food, they go for something that's fairly affordable and almost half that price. So it is going to be a little high, but I tell you that 
that the experience of sitting there and enjoying that ambience, go ahead and take in a Grand Fiesta tour afterwards or beforehand. It helps set the, the spirit of the experience. Uh, it's really great. And, um, and it's ran by a company that runs one of the most famous um, restaurants in Mexico. So, all right, we move here to our last two sets of choices. And this one is could have easily been number one about six months ago. It is the Blue Bayou Restaurant at Disneyland. It is the original. It is a place where you sit under magnolia trees on the veranda of a French Quarter Chateau. It's a terraced, formal dining experience. Um, and it's the first Disney restaurant to take matters outside in. The bateaus of Pirates of the Caribbean float from Lafitte's Landing along a quiet bayou that you observe where fireflies can be seen, frogs and crickets heard. It is a romantic um, twilight setting that is just, evening setting that is just, just gorgeous. And, um, and it's all part of the Pirates of the Caribbean. You can't help but go on the bateau, on the, on the attraction, see this restaurant in the distance and not say, oh, I really want, I really want to go, go eat there. Um, it's just so, it beckons you to go because it's so, it's so impressive just sitting there as you float along. By the way, Pirates of the Caribbean takes place in part underneath this restaurant attraction and above it is Club 33. So I believe the staircase that comes down in the mansion portion is really kind of a, a exit um, backdoor exit to the Club 33 area. And at any rate, it is just a beautiful setting and it's been popular since 1966. Originally, uh, the thought was to have entertainment featured here um, as people dined, but Walt dismissed it and said, no, the food should be the entertainment here. Um, and the food is a salute to favorites like prime rib and roasted chicken, but mostly to the infamous Monte Cristo sandwich. Now, there is really nothing Cajun or French about the Monte Cristo sandwich. Uh, theoretically, what's heard is that it just became kind of a Southern California classic in um, that period of time. Well, actually even earlier and was served in the late 40s, early 50s at the Walt Disney Studios at their commissary. And it's from there that it gra graduated over to uh, the Blue Bayou. And uh, I have gone there. I feel it, it is a treat to go there. It is. It takes you to another level of Disney parks to be at the Blue Bayou. I should also mention that Tokyo Disney offers uh, a version of the Blue Bayou too. Their Pirates of the Caribbean mirrors uh, uh, Disneyland's and therefore they have a Blue Bayou restaurant as well. They offer somewhat American style offerings in the sense of steak or seafood, um, Western specialties. Uh, they don't offer the Monte Cristo. Um, the Monte Cristo sandwich is also at, in California offered next door at the restaurant there. But um, 
But at lunch, you can't have it at Disneyland. And so that's very popular. And of course, everything at Disney, Tokyo Disney is done at a superb level of and, and a quality that is theirs to define. So it, of all the restaurants, there's a couple of really cool sit-down dining experiences in uh, Tokyo Disney Sea. And you do have the Crystal Palace here at... at um, at Tokyo Disneyland, as well as a traditional Japanese restaurant that sits above Main Street. But by and large, you don't have a lot of formal... Well, actually, I should say there's a Polynesian buffet and a and the Diamond Horseshoe offers a main restaurant experience as well. So there are a few out there, but, but really, this is considered to be the classiest, not only for Tokyo Disney, it's the classiest for Disneyland in California. And if you can get a chance to make a reservation and go there, definitely check that restaurant out. All right. So Blue Bayou is so perfect on so many levels that it has long been my favorite, but it got overtaken this year and it was overtaken by Captain Jack's restaurant. Originally known as the Blue Lagoon, it is the restaurant equivalent to Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland Paris. Um, this restaurant is very Caribbean in its taste. And uh, you're going to be you're going to be dining on on stuff that is really intended for um, well, you know what? It reminds me a little bit about the menu on the Disney Cruise Line when you have Pirates Night. It's along that level. There's, uh, there is a beef tenderloin. There's there are king prawns. Uh, there's chicken. Um, there's there's a number of specialties. As I recall, it is a fixed price dining, although you have a choice of doing a la carte menu items as well. So they kind of give you the option of doing both. I think I took the fixed price dining and then my wife added a number of a la carte and we kind of tried it a whole bunch of things together. To be honest, the dining is not, the dining is probably the most disappointing aspect of this restaurant. And it's hard to give it the number one status because of that. That said, I originally visited this restaurant back in 2000. And it was more dimly lit. And two things occurred. First, we couldn't quite see the food we ate, but it did not taste good. The The whole dining experience was terrible. But it was also made painful, literally, because my uh, sales partner with me when I was working for the Walt Disney Company, we were there on our way to South Africa and we stayed for a day at Disneyland Paris. She tripped on a stair, on a, on a little step and ended up in a wheelchair the rest of her stay in South Africa and in Paris. We ended up at Red at the uh, at the uh, first aid office. It, it was just uh, it that it was the most miserable dining experience of all. When I came back here last summer for the first time to enjoy this restaurant, it had been named renamed as Captain Jack's. Um, it sits as a villa alongside the fortress, which is Pirates of the Caribbean. And that villa provides not only a lobby to the dining experience while you're waiting to be seated, it's like a museum. 
to all the artwork that Mark Davis or Claude Coates or Sam Kim has done to this iconic creation. It is it is just beautiful to study and look at. And then you have a chance to, again, you're going kind of through a house, which happens, by the way, at Blue Bayou. You step into, you step off of the French Quarter, through a home, and out to the back patio. You do the same thing here. At Captain Jack's, you're kind of going through a home and then out the back patio. And there you come upon this tropical lagoon. It is not, it is not French Quarter style. It is like you are in the Caribbean. And there is a beach ahead. The restaurant sits. It's a tiered sitting, which makes it all easier to view the bateau boats of Pirates of the Caribbean moving along um, in the in the in the background, which is a problem with uh, Blue Bayou because it's a flat terrace. Unless you are sitting on the edge, you really don't see out into the distance. You just see the overall background of the ambience here you kind of look into and see the guests as they come through on their way to the pirates of the caribbean which attraction which is so t totally turned around from the original ones at disneyland tokyo disneyland and walt disney world so you're going to have a very different experience on the attraction and you're going to have a very different experience in the restaurant again I enjoyed the food. It wasn't the best food I ate, neither at Disneyland Paris nor at any of the ones that we've talked about here. That title probably goes to Disneyland. But at the same time, the, the setting, to think you are in Paris and yet you feel like you are sitting in this tropical island in the Caribbean, it is totally magical and it feels totally Disney, which is one of the things that I love about all of these restaurants. It is so Disney experience because they have, they have taken out the outdoor element of daytime and made it eternally evening or twilight and just set a tone of romance and magic and, and beauty. And that's why I love all of these, these restaurants. They are truly unique Disney-style restaurants. If you had a chance to go there, again, this is my order. Barbosa's County Beer Garden Restaurant, Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater Restaurant, the San Angel Inn, the Blue Bayou, and Captain Jack's Restaurant. Definitely, if you're in Paris, check out Captain Jack's and try any and of course it's disneyland or tokyo disneyland go to the blue box you just have to do these things they are quintessential disney experiences you definitely need to check them out next time you're in a disney park worldwide well that does it for this disney at play podcast we are so glad that you could join us and listen to us hope you are having a joyous holiday season we continue to provide podcasts throughout this season and uh, we've got some fun ones up ahead please be sure to check out our wayfinder society and uh, give someone this holiday season a membership to our patreon group the wayfinder society where they can enjoy many of the benefits that we have there in that group. Again, we thank you for being with us in the words of Sinbad's storybook, storybook Voyage. We hope that you always follow the compass of your heart. Have a joyous season. 
We'll see you real soon. Thank you.